Hello, and welcome to the Makers.dev podcast, episode number nine, which is almost episode 10. Chris, how's it going? It's going pretty well. This was this is in between Christmas and New Year's, so I thought not a lot was going to happen, uh, but kind of a lot happened. So I have sort of big updates to talk about uh, this oh, time. Juicy. Yeah. I'm How excited about you? to dig into that. <laughs> I had the best Christmas I've ever had. It was full of emotional growth and... Uh, learning more about myself and my family and we built an igloo we <laughs> built an igloo chris immediately after recording last week's episode i went outside and my whole family was like playing in the snow and making uh, uh snow angels <laughs> uh it wasn't actually an angel it was another shape of something in snow uh that i won't <laughs> talk about on the podcast and uh and there was an outline of an igloo on the ground and we we like Oh my gosh, it was so much fun figuring out from scratch of like how to build things out of snow. My brother-in-law was joking about how the Inuits have something like 17 different words for snow. And I was like, oh, ha, ha. oh maybe it's because they're just around snow more. And in the process of making this igloo, we discovered, we, we ran out of words for snow. We started talking about dry <laughs> snow and wet snow and like sticky snow and developed this process of, okay, this is how you make the best bricks, but oh no, now our source for where we get the type of snow that you need to make the best bricks ran out because that was all the snow that was around that people were compacted just by walking around. And then we figured out, oh, you can sort of cook the snow by putting it in the igloo. And then just while you're working in the igloo, something about being in the igloo is making the snow, it's turning it from the dry powdery snow to the wet snow that's actually sticky that you can work with. And then through a series of innovations of like, it, it, oh, it was, it was this beautiful process of so much fun, first of all, just working with my family and also seeing the, the progression of innovations of how it happens. Of if you're just there and you're putting in the work, you can have these little breakthroughs and then share them with people and then make the whole process better. And right as we were finishing the igloo, which like we even did the top, the top of an igloo is really hard to get right. It's, <laughs> it was like the structural engineering challenge. Oh, it was so much fun. And uh, as we're finishing it, I realized, oh, wet snow. I'm calling it wet snow because it feels more wet. And it is just wet snow. I wonder if I just added water to dry snow, if that would turn into wet snow. So I went in and got a big bucket of water and started mixing it in sort of like dough in the snow. And of course, that. and so the thing that we were doing while we were mixing up, while we were cooking the snow inside was just melting it a little bit that then it was a little wet and then it started sticking together. So I... I haven't fully formulated what the tie-in is to business yet, but I was I was thinking a lot of business thoughts through the process of like the it's it's this totally new environment. I don't know a lot about it, but I can sort of stumble my way through it as long as I'm approaching it with this childlike attitude of wonder that there's this new exciting thing to be doing and uh, capturing innovations along the way and not being afraid of uh, sort of undoing work for the sake of finding a better way to do it. So it, it, I, I could see an interpretation of figuring out that cooking snow was just adding water to it. Feeling sort of dejected, like, oh my gosh, how much time we wasted and how cold we were like <laughs> sitting on this pile of snow in the igloo. Uh, and I, the healthy framing of that, I think, is like, how great is it that we cracked the puzzle of what it means to construct things out of snow? And now if we want to do that again in the future, we'd, we've figured it out. So, oh man, if you've never made an igloo, uh, I think our brains are very similar. I think you would love it. It's so much fun. Yeah, that sounds really fun. And I think there are a lot of probably business applications in there. Yeah, we'd have to unpack that a little bit. But yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I love it. Let's uh, let's jump right in because I, I have heard rumors that you have uh, some very big news to talk about uh, yeah. stuff going on. I have, I have several bits of news. The first thing is I'm in my office again. So this, this is my office now with four actual walls. Um, oh, better soundproofed. It is better soundproofed. It is not a hundred percent. I knew it wouldn't be, but it does uh, keep the, the kids. If the kids are in the other room and yelling, then I can't hear them in my office. And so that is what I wanted. Perfect. Um, if they're outside my door, I can still hear them. I have double doors and they're, they're both, solid core but the gaps around them are just too much um so i may need to do something about those doors but the walls anyway are better so that is number one um merry christmas to chris that's that's, so cool. <laughs> that's right that's right i I'm did it so my, 
Go ahead. Yeah, well, my so my in-laws were coming for Christmas. We both, you know, quarantined before Christmas and they only live an hour away, so we had like it was we felt it was safe. And uh anyway, my my stuff from my office was all over the house. And so I knew I had to finish before they came so that I could put everything back in. Uh so I I accomplished that. So that was good. Fantastic. Um uh I also so the community prototype, the events prototype I was making with someone else. Um so she decided to uh, go join a different um, startup that her friend is starting. And so um, she, she at first said, you know, yeah, she said no right away because we were doing a thing. But more and more, she felt like his new startup aligned better with what she wanted to do. Um, plus, you know, they're friends already. And that is exactly why I started slow. So that I like I'm totally happy for, her. you know, no hard feelings at all. Um, I was very interested in what we were doing but you know i'm happy that she found something that she wants to do that better aligned um and actually so before she even told me that i was listening to it was either jason cohen or des trainer a talk by one of those two and they said the topic of co-founders came up and they said yeah very little things very little differences at the beginning like if someone wants to bootstrap and the other one wants to raise money will cause huge rifts later and mm. i thought oh i want to bootstrap and she kind of wants to raise money we should probably talk about this mm, um yeah. And so, you know, and, and so the startup that she went to is they're, they're you know, going to raise money and try to swing for the fences, I think. So, um, which is just closer aligned to what she wanted to do. Mm. And yeah, so I think if anyone out, is out there looking at co-founders, like the only reason I'm happy about this is because we didn't have customers and we didn't have investors and we didn't have, you know, we didn't eat, we didn't have a, a company even, you know, we hadn't incorporated. And so like exactly the stuff I was talking about. Uh, don't start a company with someone that you just met. Uh, what, you know, that's the reason I started slow and that's exactly what happened. Um, but it, it made, you know, a perfectly fine result. Like I'm super happy with the, the conversations we had. It made me think more deeply about the stuff I'm doing. Um, and you know, so it's a good out outcome for everyone where it could have been a very bad outcome. So, mm. yeah, so that's, um, you know, there's probably a lot to unpack there, but, uh, that's, that's, I think something very um, just just something to think about if you're going to start something with people. So many things I'd love to touch on. First of all, breakups in any capacity are hard. Uh, I'm sorry this happened. I'm very glad that you, it sounds like you're in a very good place about this. Of uh, You're both going forward, doing the best thing for you. This from the beginning, it sounds like you've been framing as an experiment and you, you tried it and uh, learned valuable things from it. Uh, so it, it sounds like you're in a very good place. Um, I'm struck by how similar this sounds to you giving me dating advice of like the like the the question of bootstrapping versus raising money is the question of kids or no kids. And yeah. you know, if you don't work that out, you don't want to ask it too early because that'd be kind of awkward. But uh, in the in the process of feeling each other out, that's that's a long-term compatibility issue of it doesn't matter if everything else is going right if you're not if you're not aligned in the long term uh it, it isn't going to work oh one of my friends just had told me this model of like potential versus kinetic energy in a relationship of mm. you, you you can be in a relationship that has a lot of kinetic energy it's it's moving really well it's working out well now but things like one of you wants to bootstrap and one of you wants uh to swing for the fences are a signal that there's not a lot of potential energy that there's a, a i was going to say a cliff that you're facing off but a cliff would have a lot of potential energy i don't i don't have the metaphor fully fleshed out yet right a uh, wall maybe yeah 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 uh i'm curious how you're framing this is this is something that i think we align on uh but i'm, I'm curious to hear how you phrase it why not swing for the fences why bootstrap instead of raising money and uh trying to make a thing as big as possible yeah so there was a time in my life that i wanted that um i applied for y combinator multiple times um i had you know several ideas that i thought could be billion dollar companies and i thought maybe that's what i wanted um and then i got married and i had kids and i right now don't want that anymore um it's not to say in the future i may you know not want that again uh, it's just, you know, that that's not my dream anymore. And it's not like, I think I sort of talked about this before. It's not like I, f I feel like that was taken away from me or anything. Um, you know, I don't, it's just that, you know, my priorities have shifted as I've gotten older and now I want something uh, you know, different for this time in my life. So um, it's very possible that I may want that again in the future at some point. 
um, I just right right now that's I we sort of talked to the last time. You know, I'm optimizing for flexibility right now, and mm-hmm. so it if you are you know, if you have to work 100 hours a week on a VC-funded rocket ship, then that is not flexible. You are stuck. And that is not, that's not what I'm optimizing for right now. I had a conversation I'm reminded of with the founders of Riverside, the video chatting platform that we're using to chat. Because uh, I was talking with them about the script that I wrote to automatically edit these videos. And they uh, expressed that they were interested in uh, talking about a, a full-time position. And I struggled with that of like, that would be cool and that's a thing I'm aligned with, but like, no, I can't. <laughs> I am such a bad employee, uh, even for myself of just like noticing how much I'm flitting between all these different projects. If you try to constrain me to like, just work on this thing and, and we pay you money for it. Oh, uh, it, the it would have to be a whole bunch of money uh, <laughs> right. to try to like discipline myself into fitting me in that box. So I, I resonate with uh, maximizing for flexibility. I'm curious how kids changed that. How you you seem to frame that as like it was interested in Y Combinator and then having kids in a family uh, shifted your priorities to being more flexible. What's what's behind that? What what about kids makes it so that you you're optimizing more for flexibility? Um, so nothing technically for you know some people perhaps um but for me what it means is you know i want to be able to like have open days for example so that i don't have to stop in the middle you know if my my kids get off school at what three or so mm-hmm. i want to be able to be there you know and it would and i also want to be able to be there like say 5 p.m to 8 p.m right mm-hmm. and these are all things that i could do if i was on a vc uh track but perhaps would be harder, right? If you're a CEO of a company, then you take meetings when they're meetings, right? If you have to meet with investors, then you meet with investors when they're free. And if that gets in the way of family time, then that's what happens. And so it's just, kids just take up so much time that you you have to allow yourself um, flexibility in there. And there are certainly people who do it. I think, um, you know, you can definitely design your life so that it works that way. Um, It's just harder. And so, you know, right now, what I've, I, I just, I just don't want, I, I don't want that right now. Cool. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah Something yeah. I'm, I'm looking yeah, forward man. to with kids is like continuing this sort of career because uh, I, I I am going to relish that, I think. I love hanging out with children. I uh, I, I want them to take up a lot of time. That's, that's the yeah. reason I would have kids. Uh, cool. Okay. That's that's reassuring. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that I thought of when you were talking about uh, the Riverside option is may perhaps and this leads into something else that i'm going to talk about is uh i mean have you talked considered consulting instead of full-time you know if you're interested if they're interested in Mm. in that that could be something um that you could do because yeah that's that's an option that was brought up uh i hadn't seriously considered it i think because for me that trade-off would look like I'm getting some definite amount of money right now, uh, and that's it in exchange for some work that I'm kind of already planning on doing, uh, but the the sacrifice to me would be like, I would have to build it for them, and then there might be difficulties in like, okay, well, then they own the code, and then can I use it for other things, or uh, am am I going to have to make sacrifices in the way that I want to build it? And I feel comfortable with the amount of money that I have right now. Uh, and there's no crazy thing that, like, I'm having to, we, we've talked about this before, but, like, I'm working so hard to try to find ways that I can spend money uh, to, to have a better life or be saving more time or something. That That's not a priority for me right now. So I tried to think, like, what, what would make that worthwhile for me? And I thought, well, okay, if it's not the short-term thing, maybe if it's uh, if it's a longer-term bet. Uh, I like this company. I like their product. Uh, if if they paid in equity for a freelancing position or something, which would be absurd on their end, like that's a <laughs> thing that I would be interested in. Right. Uh, and so I pitched that to them, and they were like, "Yeah, no, <laughs> that's yeah. Uh, that's only for full-time employees, and that's like the whole reason we have equity and, and would reward you is so like you're invested for the long term." And that's which I I totally understand from their perspective. So going forward, I think is going to look like. Uh, I'm just going to continue doing my own thing uh, and 
where we align, I'm happy to share the stuff I'm building and like integrate it, uh, but it's it's gonna stay, stay, stay separate. And like, I don't know that I want this to be my core business. I'm kind of just making it for me right now. So uh, I would not be upset if they just looked at the things that I was doing and then blatantly copied it and built it into Riverside. Like that would be fine with me. And right. I'm sure I would get something from that of like, oh, you had this really good idea for this feature. I'll, I'll steal that back. Uh, I, I'm, it's it's kind of strange. I'm, uh, this is the first interaction of this kind that I've had before that I feel like I'm approaching with this overabundance mindset of like, if this deal had landed on my desk five years ago, I would have been like, oh my gosh, absolutely. This is great. And a thing that I'm interested in and I can work remotely and uh, absolutely. Uh, and I get money from it. Amazing. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I feel very comfortable. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm enjoying the stuff I'm doing. Uh, yeah. That's my framing of it right now. Yeah, um, yeah which is totally fine, right? That's, that's the lifestyle that, that you want. Um, yeah. the, the reason I brought it up is because one of the things I'm probably going to do early in January is do some kind of info product, probably a course around hmm. consulting. So how to get into oh. consulting. Um, it's something I sort of did before. I had a series of blog posts and a guide. Uh, I never really monetized it or anything. Um, and I'm doing it. I mean, I can make some money from it, right? So that extends my runway. So that's nice. But I'm doing it mostly because I have something to say about it. Um, I have talked to probably 20 or 30 people since I started consulting and helped them get into consulting. And it's always the same. I always say the same things and it always helps them. And so I should probably systematize that and, you know, put it into a course. Um, yeah. And one, one of the things, uh, so free bonus tip to anyone listening, is you, you need a, I, I call it plant your flag or make yourself visible online. Um, and it's exactly what you just did. And so you made a thing that a company finds very valuable and then they offered you employment. Um, and that's exactly how consulting works. You have to make something that companies find very valuable. Um, in my case, it was an ebook about React, which shows that I know React. Um, and it didn't sell very well, but it got me lots of consulting offers. Mm. And that, so that's exactly, that's the first advice I give to anybody is you, you make something visibly online that shows that you know what you're talking about that companies find valuable. And, um, yeah, so I, I just thought that was very interesting because uh, you weren't even planning to get consulting out of it, uh, but you could have if you wanted to, it sounds like. And so for anyone who is looking to actively get consulting, um, that's that's the first step I always give them. I love that. That's such good advice. I'm reminded of 37 Signals, I think, has a similar story where they wrote a white paper about something uh, yeah. that that was valuable to people who were looking for Rails consulting, and then that exploded their business and uh i think amy hoy has a similar story where she made a ruby on rails cheat sheet and then uh that made her just the, the de facto expert in rails um and it makes conceptual sense right if there's if there's work that you want to be doing do that work do it right now who no one's stopping you you don't need to be hired in a job where your title is mr person who does that type of work uh show the market that that's what you want by doing it uh and then more of that will be attracted to you. Uh, I uh, <laughs> are you familiar with the secret and the concept of like manifesting the thing that you want just by thinking about it and then it and then it happens. I think I have heard that before. Okay, I so I yeah. I have strong opinions about like the the magical aspect of that happening, uh, and I think most likely what's going on is just if you have clarified for yourself this is the thing that I want and you're acting in a way where you're open to that sort of thing happening and. Uh, yeah. Douglas Adams, the creator of the Dilbert comic, has a story about this where he wrote down affirmations in a journal before he was famous and before he, he was a cartoonist that says something like, I am a famous cartoonist. And it was a phrase that he wrote down like a hundred times per day in his journal for, I don't know, like several months. And then uh, this series of things happened and uh, he, he was able to get a job making Dilbert and, and now he's famous and cool. And my rational explanation for that is like, okay, he aligned himself with this is a thing that he wanted. And so then he probably started doing more of that work he, in his brain. He had smoothed out the pathway of saying that he's a famous cartoonist. Okay, well, what sorts of things do uh, does a famous cartoonist do? Well, they probably draw cartoons. So he probably started drawing more cartoons. And then by drawing more cartoons, the people who needed cartoons started paying more attention to him. And then opportunities opened up. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful idea of like, start doing the thing that you want to do. Nothing's stopping you. You don't need anyone else's permission. Just just start doing it. Yeah. Um, there's a book by Alex Ohanian, and I can't remember the name of it. It's like Permission Not Required or something like that. And it's the same idea. It's like on the internet, you don't need permission. Just do the thing. And and 
you know, start doing the thing. Um, and yeah, I don't remember much from that book except for the title, but, um, but yeah, it's the same idea. <laughs> it sounds like the, the, the book is summarized in the title. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite type of book. Uh, yeah. cool. Uh, more big news. Um, so potentially, so I thought Christmas was going to, so I, we talked last time about whether or not you do like work on vacations. Mm -hmm. And so I was actually very cognizant of not doing any development, uh, on this vacation. Uh, instead I did a lot, just a lot of thinking, um, mm -hmm. no development time means more thinking time. And so I tried to figure out a few things. Uh, the first thing is what does async want to be? Um, mm -hmm. I made this thing. It could be multiple things right now. There's a Slack bot component, uh, it has the potential to replace Slack for, you know, like it did for us. Um, although I'm not happy about that for a few reasons. Um, and then there's also the potential for it to be something more than that, which is more like, so I don't know if you know what Yammer is, but it's owned by Microsoft now. It was like an internal social network for companies. And it was sort of the first crack at it, I think. Um, and it was bought for, you know, $1.2 billion or something. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's, and, and so I had this idea that the reason people don't like Slack, uh, there's a couple of reasons. One is everything is urgent if in Slack. And the other is that chat is just not the best way to build a community, especially in a remote company. You have to do something else. Um, there are a lot of Slack bots that try to fix this. There's like uh, icebreaker things and there's, you know, uh, you can do things in stand up. There's like social different things that plug into it. Um, but a tool that sort of had culture as one of its, sort of core things that I was trying to build and it was also a communication tool, I think would be pretty valuable. And so I'm, I'm just kind of thinking about that. It, you know, is async more like what Yammer was trying to be uh, or still is trying to be in that it, it, it's a way to communicate inside your company that also builds the culture of the, of the company um, or the, especially. So what I'm thinking of is coming, you know, we get a vaccine for the, for COVID and then people start going back to work. There's probably a lot of companies where there's going to be like half in half in person, half remote. It's going to be like split. And I think companies are going to struggle a lot with how, you know, what does that look like? How do you build culture when half the people are remote or people are remote half the time or whatever? Um, anyway, so that is all stuff I'm thinking of. I don't have answers yet, but mm -hmm. it's all stuff I think async could be. Um, Adding on to that is Meeting Place. So Meeting Place I started because my technical meetup, my developer-focused meetup, didn't like the site meetup anymore. Mm -hmm. And I started Meeting Place as an open-ended kind of thing. And I have a lot of groups on there that aren't technical. And they are the ones with the highest customer support load. They are the ones that uh, don't don't pay the best. They are the ones that, they like, I, I like the technical meetups the best, basically. Mm -hmm. And so is there... Um, and at the same time, um, one of the reasons I meeting place sort of wore me out a little is because meetups generally don't have money to pay, right? It's the companies that have money to pay. So mm. is there a way I can change meeting place into a technically focused, like the best technical meetup site that there is, mm. right? For technical meetups, yep. S offer it for free, um, support it with sponsors and also uh, and have async.dev be like the default sponsor basically. So subsidize this really amazing technical meetup group site with async and then other sponsors. Yeah. So that, that's a lot of information, but that's basically what I'm thinking of. Um, and I'm really excited about some of those ideas, but I'd be interested to hear anything you have to say. That's incredibly exciting. I have several thoughts. First of all, I think you've identified a very powerful need in the marketplace. Slack was able to take over, it, it felt like, in just a, a couple of years because it was replacing... Uh, it, it, it was like the first thing that worked to be able to do communication remotely in an organization. And now it's sort of established and it's the de facto thing that everyone uses and everyone hates it. And so, like... <laughs> Yeah, that's a great opportunity. The oh, there's it coming at it from a different angle, I think. And you, you brought up some uh, salient points of everything is urgent in Slack. Uh, well, no, everything is not urgent. Uh, I have several gripes of Slack uh, that came up with me last week. There uh, in two separate instances. The first one was there's a, a 
voice coding app that lets you code just by speaking. So cool. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm playing with it a bunch. It's called Talon. And the documentation for Talon is awful. Like very typical, <laughs> very technical tool that has awful documentation and is like very difficult to use. Uh, and one of the terrible user uh, access points of it is if you want access, if you want to pay them money, so this is like the, the pathway that should be the easiest thing to possibly do in Talon is to give them money. You have to find one of two hidden links on the website that mention like the 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 technical aspect of the different uh, speech to text things that they're using. And then it says like, oh, and if you want to actually use this better speech to text engine, you have to have the private beta. Okay, well, how do you get the private beta? You join the Slack group and you private message the owner of the private Slack group. And then they send you a link to download the page. It, it's the link to the page where you download the beta. Right. And I was able to do that, but oh my gosh, <laughs> that was impossibly hard. Uh, that, you know, if, if I'm coming at this as I'm just someone who's sort of passingly interested in this concept of being able to, to code or interact with my computer over voice, and I'm not happy with the default voiceover features, I wouldn't be able to do that. The, the number of steps, if you, if you had recorded me from a user, uh, like a user interview perspective of uh, like the, the mom test style interview, and watch me go through and like hunt down this link and then, okay, I got the Slack and it all goes to that same, I don't know, it's the, it's the Heroku page where you enter your email and then it automatically sends you an invite. That's right. awful. That, no, I, I want to click a link and just be there. Um, and then joining it is complicated and I still don't understand the multi-user uh, thing of Slack of like, I have a single account, but I'm in multiple Slacks and they're all separate subdomains. And I think some of them are on separate emails and there's no way that I can merge those. That, that was a whole thing. And so getting access to it was, was a problem. Uh, and then once I was actually in it, private messaging someone is like not straightforward. <laughs> I'm like, I had to go back and cross-reference who this person was. And uh, and then the, the oh, the, the conversations happening in Slack uh, just sort of get lost by default and you have to pay them an outrageous amount of money that no one actually does to, to have the chat uh, archived. When there's such a well of knowledge of if that was Googleable uh, as the, the internal data store of the of information. Um, Separately, a, a second interaction I have with Slack uh, in the same sort of thing was, I'll, I'll talk about this in my update, but I'm, I'm <laughs> finding myself building a native Mac app. Uh, and I reached out on Twitter to see if people could help me with that because it's totally foreign. I feel like I'm in a different country in web development. Everything's, everything's sort of similar. They're, they're all accomplishing the same sorts of things, but it's a completely different system to be able to get it done. And I was recommended to join the Slack group. So to get in the Slack group, it was, it was the same thing. It was it was a huge pain, and I'm I'm not even sure how to get back into the group now because I'm <laughs> I don't like have a default Slack setup that I'm using. Uh, oh yeah, it, it demands your constant attention, and I I hate that. I try to turn that off as much as possible. Uh, and I asked a question in the Slack group, and I have no way of knowing if that question was asked before. There's no. Mm. I, I would have loved to have just like stumbled on this community. Uh, through a Google search of, I have a very specific phrase of this error that I couldn't find. Yep. Uh, and so I, I pasted that in the Slack group and now that's that's been lost. Uh, so uh, I, I think I think you're in a very good position now of like you've, you've identified a problem and a need uh, and there's a ton of opportunity here. I think that the market's giving you a lot of positive signals that this, this is a thing to pay attention to. I'm very excited to see what happens and where it goes. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I still don't know exactly what everything uh, it, it needs to do is, but that's why I talk to users. So uh, that's what I'm going to do and try to figure out, yeah, what it what it's trying to be, basically. Cool. I love also niching down on Meeting Place. That's the <laughs> we we joked a few episodes ago about doing everything wrong and seeing how it goes. Uh, niching down is doing everything right. If you're yeah, like pick pick your best customers, the customers who are technical who aren't asking you for uh, support all the time and build a thing just for them, whatever that looks like. Uh, but now you have a, a de facto way of prioritizing your features. And yeah, then if, if you become the de facto way for technical people to have a, a meetup style group and maintain that culture uh, when half the people are remote, then yeah, oh my gosh, now you can take that audience that you built and swing it into whatever you want uh, and swing it into like, oh, hey, do you hate Slack? Yes, you do. You all say in chorus, well, boy, do I have the thing for you. Right. Uh, oh, I love that too. Cause like, that's, that's your audience. You, your audience is 
technical people. Uh, oh yeah, I love it. Oh, great, great things all around. Very productive <laughs> holiday it season was. for you. Got, I did got nothing but think, thoughts. and hopefully it was very productive. Yeah, I love it. What's the next step? What's the what's the next thing to be thinking about? So, um, I have several technical meetup uh, groups meet, uh, in Meeting Place right now. So I'm mm. going to reach out to them and see what they feel, uh, you know, about this. Part of it is most the most successful groups have their own pages already, and so like, how can I provide an amazing API so that they can do all the things in their group? You know, does that mean iframe embed stuff? Does that mean API stuff? Does that mean you know, like what what would they want? And I have some of that information already. I've talked to some of the groups, but uh, so doing that. And then, um, yeah, on the async side, like I know the next 10 things I want to do. It's just, um, yeah, I, th I think if I'm really focused on this, then I, then I can sort of pump those out. And, um, and yeah, so I'm not worried about async because that's the kind of stuff I'm just going to do anyway, just because I want to, even if I don't have customers. So, mm -hmm. um, and then on the, uh, on the, consulting the like the course consulting side um i'll probably do that as a series of twitter threads first and then combine it into a course thing that i'll sell on you know teachable or podia or something um so i think that will kind of just happen also in january and it'll take away you know time from whatever meeting place becomes and async uh but it'll give me give me some cash plus then it's something i can point to when people ask me what how to get into consulting which people yeah. do often so love it and that's I think a, a piece of content that would appeal to your audience for everything else. That's uh, learning how to get better at consulting. Uh, I assume like technical consulting is, is who this is going to be aimed at. Uh, great. Yeah, you know, now exactly. you have yeah. a thousand people on an email list. You can send them out a thing of like, Hey, do you want a, a place to meet a meeting place? If you will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also do you, uh, okay. Now you're consulting. Does Slack suck? Uh, okay. Here's a, a great alternative to use for that. Yeah, I love it, man. You're you're building your empire, making making big boy moves. I like it. Yeah, uh, if I can do it, <laughs> I, I think we need yeah. if you can do it. It's uh, this this all seems very manageable. Doing a series of tweets on how to get better better at consulting like that that's a very it's easy a, next it's step. a lot of a lot of work building to uh, <laughs> to that part of my part of my uh, worry is that I would be splitting my focus. So I'm doing async and whatever mm. meeting place becomes and this consulting thing um, is kind of split focus. Uh, although. Yeah. I like, you know, it's working towards the same audience, which I think is important. So. Right, right, right. That's, yes. I, I think I think the reason why I'm not seeing it like that is I see I see the consulting ebook as sort of a, a way to market for everything else that you're doing. Like, you're, you're not doing the, the Patrick McKinsey, you know, first product is for teachers and the next product is right. for nail salons. Uh, this this all seems to be pointed in the same direction and, and built for the same audience. Um, instead of... We, we talked about TikToking in an earlier episode. This, I think at the level of focus of you are, you are working to serve an audience, this to me seems like everything you're doing is working to serve the, the same audience. It doesn't seem like you're fragmented. It seems like you're, you're pushing forward on multiple fronts to, for the same end goal of helping technical... What's the name for, for this person? Who's Devel developers. What's your, what's your persona? Developers, yes. Yeah. Helping, helping developers. Yeah, cool. That's how I see it too. So, cool. Uh, all right. How about you? You said you're building a Mac app. Do you want to talk about that first? Oh, I am. Uh, yeah, let's start with the Mac app, and then I have uh, two other great things I want to talk about. So, I have loved this process of building this automatic editor for these types of interview videos, and this is now enabling me to have way more bandwidth to do all these other projects that are not aligned towards any particular audience. <laughs> it's the common thread is just like projects that are interesting to me right now. Uh, so along those lines, I'm, I'm very hyper-focused on like, how can I reduce the amount of friction in any type of content production to be as little as possible? So for these videos now, the only thing I have to do is like, I make a link and I send it to a person, uh, and uh, sort of the, the problem before that of scheduling it that I'm still working on. But uh, okay, once we're in it, I hit record. And then after it's done, I download the videos and I'd love to erase that friction and, and just have that automatically zoop in and, and process. But then once I've downloaded the videos, I run one command and then they get automatically processed into the three angle thing. And then I have to physically up those to you, upload those to YouTube. So that's a thing I'd like to automate. And then uh, I built an app uh, since our last episode that lets me automatically uh, timestamp 
the episode and then also extract clips and then a thing that's not built yet is those clips would be syndicated to, to another thing so like that's that's the goal that i'm working towards with every type of content that i'm trying to produce and there's another type of video that i make that I would like to be making a lot more of that's like the type of video that would go into a tutorial that I post on Twitter or the type of video that would be a lesson uh, for uh, like a, I'm, I'm, I have a uh, course where I uh, teach people how to code uh, that's been stalled because the, the system's just sort of gummed up right now. And that video looks like it's one angle of my screen and one angle of my face. And the angle of my face is taken on my fancy Canon camera. So it's a higher resolution. And I want to be able to switch back and forth between the angle of it's the full screen with my face small in the corner in a circle and it's my face full screen. And I like that a lot because I think a video with a face is so much more engaging. Uh, it's, it's, it, it looks high production value, but it's, I'm able to do it just with like a camera and my screen. Uh, and there are these very natural pauses in my video where like, okay, we've talked about the thing on the screen and now I'm looking at the camera and I want to, I want to like explain what's going on and then we're back to the screen. And I've built like four different machines that can do that sort of video. One of them was ridiculous. It was this, <laughs> it was a React app that rendered the video frame by frame and uh, exported those frames with headless Chrome as PNGs and then FFmpeg stitched the PNGs together into a video and then merged that video with the original audio. It was ridiculous and it worked. Like I learned so much about how video works. I was. I was amazed that, that, yes, of course, a video is just a series of pictures, of course, and I can make a picture from a screenshot. Well, why wouldn't that work? So I built something that was very similar to the code that I wrote to make this automatic video editor. Uh, this one, I switch angles based on who's talking, so the signal I'm getting in on where to switch angles is sound. And I had the epiphany on my ski trip while I was sitting on the lip with my brother, like failing to be present and mindful in the moment. Oh my gosh, I can switch based on the activity of the video in my screen. Mm. And that's a thing that I bet FFmpeg does. Just look at like the pixel difference or something. And of course, FFmpeg is just this, <laughs> of course, terribly complicated thing that just does everything. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, and so one of the features they have is like, yes, you, you can export the timestamps where the video is the same. And I pulled up a bunch of like Stack Overflow questions where people were using it mostly for game cameras because they want to but I wanted to do the reverse of what they were doing. Or no, no, I wanted to do the same thing. I wanted to, to get rid of the, the uh, parts of the video where it was still. And I spent probably like, I don't know, four hours on that of figuring out uh, how to do that. And I did it. And at the very end of doing it, I realized, oh, this is not the solution I want because this still has the complexity of, I have to figure out when the video starts, which I wrote a little script to, to like listen for the clap and then sync the video based on the clap. But that's, that's it's not foolproof. I don't love it. Um, and it's a little bit of hand-holding of me making sure like the videos are synced up and uh, making sure that it's, it's changing at the right time. And then I thought, wait a minute, Loom is a thing that exists. Loom is this app that uh, sort of like manages video screen recordings for you and just puts your video burned into the screen. Like it's, it's on your screen when you're recording and then the only output from it is the, the whole video thing. But that doesn't let you switch between the two angles. It doesn't let you have full screen your face. And I, I looked into that if there was like a way to do that, and I, I don't think there is. And so then I thought, oh, how hard could it possibly be to make a native app Mac app? <laughs> <laughs> of and course. it's weird. It's not hard. It's just like so different. Like the, I want to be able to get in and be like, okay, this, like this is the padding around the thing, and this is the border, and like, yeah. oh, to do to do click handlers just doesn't make any sense to me. I want to be able to go into the DOM and be like, okay, like find this button, and then say on click, and okay, this, this is the function that you execute when you're on click. But in, I think it's Coco is the name of the framework. Yep. Uh, you do an IB outlet, which connects a variable in your code to uh, an interface element. Oh, I just, I don't like it. <laughs> you yeah, have yeah. To, you have to command drag a blue line from the interface element to the IB outlet. Oh, it's weird. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, not I necessarily some, any better or worse. I did some native iPhone development in Objective C a long time ago, and yeah, yeah so I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> you can, you can do it all in code. You don't have to use uh, interface builder, but um, it's harder. So interface builder is easier, even though it's weird. Yes, I I think if I was if I was a native in this space, I would I would probably be uh, doing that. And also like Swift UI, I think is a new thing that's sort of like a React style view. Uh, yep. But I'm 
I'm struggling just like trying to copy and paste code. And so I'm, I'm going off of what most of the code that I'm finding on Stack Overflow is based on. And most of that is using the, the interface builder. So yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to get like, get it working. And then, um, and then I'm, I'm, I might clean it up into something I actually like. But so my, my idea is uh, to get those same angles. I will have a loom style app that's running that just puts my camera in the lower left-hand corner. And that's the only thing that my app is going to do. And then I'm, I'll just screen record with QuickTime because I have an easy way to do that with a, a keyboard shortcut. Uh, and so then with the keyboard, and then, and then if I'm moving the mouse or typing on the keyboard, I'm active. And so shrink my video to the side. And if I stop that for a timeout of whatever, a second or two, then expand that video to fill the whole screen and then the output of that is going to be one uh, process video. That's exactly what I want. And the sound's going to be synced up. I don't have to worry about that. And on the new M1 processor, it should be fine <laughs> to uh, be running all that at the same time. Uh, and my dream is that my workflow for that type of video is I say, oh, I have a cool idea for a thing. I want to show some people. Let me hit the keyboard shortcut that changes my resolution to 1080p. Great. Let me get the windows in place. Great. Let me hit the keyboard shortcut to say record. Uh, oh, my video just popped in the corner with the app that I made. What do you think about the name Camboy? Is that bad? Camboy? Camboy. <laughs> that, that sounds like a sex thing. It sure does, doesn't it? <laughs> I bought the domain name Camboy.app before I had sort of thought about it. Uh, all right, we'll workshop it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then the screen starts recording with QuickTime, uh, and then I do my thing, and then I stop it. And then that automatically uploads to uh, YouTube, or and I have the video file there, and then I can uh, do whatever I want with it. So that's uh, that's the thing I'm that's the thing I'm making. What are your thoughts? I don't have yeah, any direct questions, but like, <laughs> no, sure, that sounds super cool. Um, I one I don't, I don't know if you've considered this, but one potential audience for that, if you decide to sell it like in the Mac App Store or something, is yeah. um, people. So on Twitter, it's common to share like videos and stuff. And one thing that I want to do is be able to share quick videos of something I'm working on where I found something interesting to yep. my audience, right? And I do that right now just with either uh, GIFs or ScreenFlow, like quick things. Um, it'd be cool if my face was in there too. So that's kind of interesting. Um, so I might be someone in your audience uh, or you know, in the market for something like that. Um, I don't know how big that market is, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's something that people do. So yeah. Neat. Cool. I like, and uh, this this would work seamlessly with your ScreenFlow setup because I'm, I'm the the app itself is not doing anything in recording, which I think is a big part of the reason why I can't use Loom. The only thing I want, like, there's a lot of ways to record your screen. I want this to just be really good at the part of having your your face right. on the side. Uh, right. Oh, there's a thing I want to do too, where I want to be able to animate the circle going to the big one, which I was able to do in the Re in the React app, yeah. uh, but not in my FFM big flow. I'm just cutting between the two angles. And so like, it's a stupid, meaningless, pointless little touch <laughs> that like no one's gonna care about but me, but I need that. I need it to be that smooth transition of, oh, and the corner's rounding, and oh, I spent so much time like, <laughs> excuse me, researching the, the animation curves and the Bezier curves of like, ooh, exactly what, what looks really yeah. good. Uh, so I, I want that to happen. Yeah. Uh, I've seen the output from your original one. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's a great touch. I think it's way better than just cutting. So yeah, oh, keep it. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's a, that's a thing I want. Uh, okay, so that was, that was the first thing. Uh, second thing, my goal for this last week was to get caught up on customer support emails. I thought that we were going to be recording this episode an hour before we actually were. And so I was mentally preparing to tell you about how... I had not overcome my emotional challenge and had gone another something like 10 days uh, without checking my email and was emotionally uh, preparing myself to be like accepting of my failure and uh, how it was good. And then I realized I was an hour early for a call and thought, well, I have an hour now. And my rule is I can only spend 25 minutes a day on customer support email. And an hour is longer than 25 minutes. So I have... <laughs> plenty of time to do this and just sitting in that space of like feeling myself have this resistance i oh my gosh it was like anything that could distract me was just pulling me like i saw my ipad on the desk and i was like oh i should plug my ipad in and i could and i knew <laughs> consciously no you don't and i pulled it up and it was at nine percent and i was like oh yeah here we better go plug it in and i was like no i don't i don't need to this is not important that happened like three different times and then i said okay here like 
we've done this. We've done the routine before. I turn on the meditation tape and I do my meditation. And then immediately after that, I hit the keyboard shortcut to start playing my work music. And then I have the tab already up and I go through it. And so I started doing that and I looked at the tab counter. Uh, I, <laughs> I feel so guilty, like more than anything else in my life, customer support emails are like the, the spot where I consistently feel the most shame. It's been 25 days since I checked the customer support email. There were 92 emails in that oh, wow. inbox of people that like customers who I want to be helping, who have not gotten help of things like, you know, I've charged them incorrectly and they need a refund. I want to, I want to be more on top. Excuse me. I'm going to be more on top of that. Uh, fun fact, 92 emails in 25 days, only 3.68 emails per day. That's not very many. This, this is right. not something I need to hire someone to do. This is, this is an emotional hurdle to get over myself. So I said, I set the timer for 25 minutes. And I got 59 of those 92 emails done in 25 minutes. So like, I'm going to finish this tomorrow in under 25 minutes. And they were all very easy. And half of them are spam. It's, it's like, it's fine. It's, and so yes, a, a great success that I, I was about to say was a failure. Uh, and if I had done this a day before our call, uh, I would be at inbox zero. So that's, that's my status update for with uh, what I wanted to be working on this week. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you're feeling. The resistance. So, the War of Art is the book that talks about the resistance, and yeah, uh, we talked about that last time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's exactly um, what I feel often when doing things I don't want to do. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, s some of it is you know you just got to do it. Uh, part of me is thinking you build you build uh, stuff for every other aspect of your life. Maybe you can build something to help you with this. You know, like maybe once you can pop your face into the corner uh, with your app instead. <laughs> When you're on like uh, YouTube or something, it pops like a, you know, it says, hey, don't you want to answer this uh, customer support email instead? <laughs> so it like tracks what you're doing and says, yeah, yeah. hey, hey, this is, you know. Uh, yeah, that's, know. that's eerie. That's actually very related to something I was thinking about of like, if it's, if it's just easier for me to record videos, okay, well, maybe the way to make this fun for me and also the way to reduce uh, the load that I have and also the way to show that like I'm actively involved in this project is maybe every customer support email is a video of like, or uh, the ones that make sense if they're, if they're trying yeah. to get something done. Uh, maybe I just say like, okay, like, Hey, you're, you're trying to, you're asking this question about, uh, if other uploaders can see other uploaders files, uh, let me record a quick video for that. And then smooth out that workflow so that, you know, it's one extra keyboard command on top of that to, upload it to the Facebook, the, uh, the file inbox YouTube page. And then that also gets zooped into, uh, the frequently asked questions page on file inbox. Like, yep. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that is going to be my vector of attack. If I can just streamline that process and, and make it easier and have more leverage for the work that I'm doing of like, it's not just about each email that I'm having with each person. Each email is also feeding into this bigger machine. That's making file inbox a better product for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is part of what Loom was, I think, created to do was like stuff like that. Um, but it doesn't show your screen like you want it to and your face. Mm -hmm. So um, it's also something, so I meant to talk about this before. It's something that I definitely want to do in async.dev, mm -hmm. uh, which is, so part of the thing you lose in chat is the face-to-face -face communication. However, with remote employees, it's often, you know, not great to have face-to-face -face meetings all the time or, you know, like video calls. And so if you could instead give a status update with a video or audio or a screen share. Oh. Um, yeah, then that becomes your oh, post, right? Oh, asynchronous stand-ups. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, and not idea. just stand-ups, it could be things like, you know, you're if you're checking in, you know, so say you have a PR, right? You want to push a PR yeah, and yeah. you want to explain something in that PR. Well, in async, you do a video, you link it directly to your GitHub PR because that's integrated. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, now anyone who does a PR watches your video first and, you know, um, and there's so many little workflows like that that I think could be, uh, helped with you know video yeah. or audio i love that i also don't know how much you've dug into the screen sharing apis that are available on the web but it's it's technically not just possible but easy to implement a button in async.dev that's like record my screen and audio and then you know it's it's one button to start the recording and then you have to select what screen you want. So that's like a second click. And then you say, okay. And if it's the first time you're doing it, you have to approve it. And then it's recording and you can record it straight to the cloud. And then you say stop. And then it's automatically uploaded. And like, it's, it's as easy as hitting two buttons and then 
talking to the camera like you're talking to a person and then that can be uh in your workflow yeah oh yeah. i like that a lot that's a really cool yeah, feature yeah. yeah i definitely looked at those <laughs> and it's definitely <laughs> cool. easy uh in chrome it, it it is impossible i think in safari maybe or something like like, like there's mm-hmm. one um there's one browser that doesn't work which is part of the reason why i was looking into making an electron app because if you mm-hmm. don't use chrome then you'd have to download this electron app instead yeah, yeah. which yeah, yeah so i have to think about that but um Yes, I've looked at those. The market share of Chrome is also very high. I, it, it is, right. So maybe I just say, yeah, you got to use Chrome if you want to record your face, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, record it however you want and upload it, which, like, sure. no one's going to do. But uh, I don't know. I, I think <laughs> maybe maybe part of niching down is, like, it's not just developers interested in freelancing. It's developers interested in freelancing who also use Chrome. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's, your, that's your customer base. Uh cool uh last thing i oh i kind of already touched on this uh part of the update of the the machine that i'm making to uh streamline making these videos is that i want them automatically bookmarked and to be able to extract clips from that and so since the last time we talked i built a thing where it's entirely keyboard shortcut driven uh the workflow for doing that before was tedious and hard of i have to watch the video and then, okay, we've switched topics. Pause the video. Oh, go back a few seconds because it actually started a few uh, a few sentences before. Okay, what's that timestamp? 3.22. Okay, switch to Sublime Text, the, the text editor, and type 3 colon 22 space. Okay, what was I talking about? This thing? Okay, uh, this thing, new line. Okay, keep going. Switch back to, to where the video is. And now my workflow is watching the video, and it's chugging along at two and a half times speed. And, oh, we just started talking about a new topic. J, to go back five seconds, and T, uh, we've just hit it. And now uh, a dialogue pops up that's like, oh, what is the topic you're talking about at this moment? And then I type in, uh, oh, we're talking about uh, uh, Christmas uh, igloo stuff. Uh, (laughs) Enter, and then that knows the timestamp that it's at and puts it into a list, and then that list gets uh, automatically populated. And I love it. It's so nice. And then... If there's a clip that I think would be interesting in social media, there's another set of keyboard shortcuts that I do at the same time. Uh, and then I, I title that, and that's sort of happening in parallel with the, the uh, timestamp. But, oh, I like it. I like it a lot. I'm building a really cool engine that's just, oh, it's <laughs> something's something's happening. Something's getting built. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah I don't know if this is your plan, but you could turn all these little things into an app right and, and <laughs> sell this so yes um, yeah. that's which is the thing that uh i think that the riverside people were interested in they uh, i think i think working for them would look like doing this in-house and making Got it so it. that this was built into riverside and they're sort of this all-in-one platform and it's going to make a lot more sense i think for both of us if i'm developing this in parallel and i just take as input your finished riverside video and then uh you're able to tag it and yeah uh, push it out to in a, in a buffer style, style to all your social media yeah. stuff. Well, maybe instead of integration, you could do, I mean, maybe this is not what they want, but, or sorry, maybe instead of working for them, you could do an integration, right? Which yeah, maybe yeah, not yeah. what they want, but yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll pitch that. I, I think that would work great for me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll see that that might work. If nothing else, like I can just have as input a finished video. So right. uh, it's not like they could, stop me from having that integration right. uh yeah okay cool that's all i got that's all i got too then i will see you in the next episode all uh, right happy new year it's yeah. almost over we almost did it 2020 right. is uh, almost done <laughs> all right goodbye goodbye <laughs>